Well, as Mr. Keith asked who's a morning person or who's not a morning person, I quickly raised my hand because I am truly, truly not a morning person. Oh, my goodness. I'm a late nighter. I'm a late nighter. I'm usually, you know, up at midnight and one o'clock, you know, and that couldn't happen last night, you know, because I needed to get up and get out. So I went to bed early, but then at 3.30, up I arose. I was like, wait, I have at least another hour and a half that I need. And the Lord went up from the bed, arise. So I said, okay, well, all right, I'll get up. We'll see what's going on. So I went back over my notes and, you know, and it was like something I was missing. So I said, okay, I can handle that. And then, of course, you know, being the the girl that I am, I had to go through a couple of outfits before I got the one I really liked or wanted or could go with. You know, because when Pastor asked me to do this service, the first thing I thought about was, what will I wear? (laughs) It's always about what will I wear? Because the original outfit had no place for a mic. (laughs) So I said, well, we can't wear that. So I had this outfit all picked out, and I was dressed, and I kind of looked down, and I went, I'm not so sure I like this outfit that very that much, you know. So I took that one off. I put on another one, and I went, well, this one all right, but I think I can do better. And so, you know, third outfit later, and I'm running out of time now, you know, because now I'm running out of time. You know, I woke up at 3.30, went through, you know, my notes and and went over what I was going to say today, and then I got hung up in what I was going to wear. You know, and the Bible says, take no thought to what you're going to put on, amen? (laughs) Well, I missed that one this morning. Glory to God, amen? Amen. Well, it's good to see you guys out here. I know it's early. I know it's early. Glory be to God, it's early. But glory, hallelujah, hallelujah to my Lord and Savior, amen? It was early when he rose, when God said, all right, enough of this, amen? Amen. This morning, what I want to share with you guys is about power. And I titled this Powerful or Powerless, You Make the Call. And this came about because I began to meditate on power, on power. And that, you know, I'm not sure that we operate in the power that we have been given at all times. And we need to make the call. We need to make the call each and every day. Power is defined as a position over others, authority, the ability to act or produce an effect. And that's the one I really like because the power of God produces an effect. So you need to keep that in mind as we go through this morning, that the power of God produces an effect. And it says one that has control or authority, physical might. And then it goes into some mathematical definitions that I didn't like so well. Then it says force of energy used to work. Force of energy used to work. 
God's power is a force of energy that we use to work or to cause an effect. So I said to myself, well, where is this power coming from, God? And the power of the power comes from God. The Godhead is the original source of power. Psalm 6211 says, God has spoken once. Twice I have heard this, that power belongs to God. Power, the ability to produce an effect. It talks about force of energy used to work comes from God. So any power that you have comes from God. To do anything, to get anything accomplished, it's coming from God. The word of God says that's where it comes from, and we believe the word of God. Amen? Amen. So our power is coming from the Godhead to work to make something happen. Romans nine seventeen says, For the scripture says to Pharaoh, For this very purpose I have raised you up, that I may show my power in you. And that my name may be declared in all the earth. My power. He doesn't say your power. He doesn't say Satan's power. He doesn't say the president's power. He says my power. He calls it my power. Amen. So power comes from God. So if you need power, you need to go to God. Amen. If you need power to do anything, you need to go to God because it's his and he'll give it to you. Ephesians 1, 19 says, and we should be familiar with this because this was part of some of our script, our prayer scriptures. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. God is power. God's power was operating in Christ when he raised him from the dead. It says, remember our definition. It says that it says, um, the ability to act or produce an effect. That power that raised Christ from the dead, it said it worked, it was operating in Christ. Christ was dead. Christ was dead. There wasn't anything alive in him. He was totally dead. And God said, let me quicken power. He said, I'm going to quicken power in him and I'm going to operate my power that's in him and I'm going to raise him from the dead. Do you think for one moment that Satan stood by and went, okay, you got that God. Do you think that that happened? Satan brought all the forces he knew to bring against that, to try to keep Jesus in the tomb. Because Satan realized, oh my God, what have I done? What has happened here? As he quickened Christ, he quickened him, and Christ started to rise. Satan went, let's hold him, because if he goes from here, oh, Lord, what's going to happen? He couldn't stop it. He could not stop it. And up from the grave, Christ rose. Amen? And it says, with all authority and all power in his hand. Satan didn't just idly stand by and go, oh, Wow, look at that. 
I thought he was dead. What's going on? You know, uh-uh. He ain't had that kind of time. Look at what he did to try to stop the plan of God. So imagine now what he's going to do because it dawns on him. If he leaves this grave, I'm in so much trouble. We've got to keep him here. You know, Pastor, how Pastor began to, to, to talk about Mary, I mean, the woman with the issue of blood and the conversation when she told Jesus all, and, you know, she went back all those years. You know, I just picture this thing, that Satan is just, I mean, everything in him. He's just holding on the feet of Jesus. You ever see those cartoons where they're trying to hold them and the person's just rising and they got them, you know, and they hold. I just believe he's holding. He's got everybody he thinks he can have holding on to Jesus. And Jesus is coming up. Jesus is coming up and looking at him going, you really think you're going to stop this? That is the power that God has placed at the disposal of those who believe. That's the power that he has and given to you. Amen? Amen. Because power belongs to God, it is his right to give it to whomever he wills. It is his right. You know, it talks about the gifts of the spirit, that they are given as the spirit wills. Power is the same way. You know, people think they come to power because of themselves. You know, we wonder why dictators can come to power. We wonder how bad senators and bad presidents and bad anybody can come to power. Power belongs to God. He's got a plan for it. He's got a plan for it. And what we need to do is understand the plan not be bothered by the plan, not be worried by the plan, and trust in our God, like Jesus did. Jesus trusted in God. He said, Lord, if there's any other way, when he was in the garden, he said, if there's any other way, take this from me. But if there's not, let's go. You know, like the pilot said, let's roll. Jesus said, let's roll. And we roll, and he rolled that thing out of it. He said, I give my life. I lay it down. No one takes it from me. I give it willingly. And he did. Because he trusted in the power of God. He knew, he knew that that ability to cause an effect would cause him to live again. And be seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. Amen. Amen. And he stopped in the middle on the way to let people know, hey, hey, look at the power and the ability of our God, of our Father. Amen. To whom does God give power? He gives power to his people. Psalm 68, 35 says, oh, God, you are more awesome then your holy places, the God of Israel, is he who gives strength and power to his people. Bless God. He gives it to his people. So are you powerful or powerless? You make the call. You make the call. It says in, oh, I skipped a part. Wait a minute. I have to go back. Sorry. I have to go back. I want to talk to you a little bit about 
demonstration of God's power. I can't forget that part. I got so hung up on the resurrection. There's the demonstration in the New Testament of God's power, okay? Now I want to talk to you about some of the Old Testament demonstrations. In Exodus 12, the last plague, the last plague, the last plague is the one where the firstborn is destined to be killed, all right? God warns Israel and says, I need you to do this. Put the blood on the door, on the doorpost. See, blood was saving then. Blood was saving then. See, that's your key. When they saw that, they should have said to themselves, okay, blood's going to save. Okay, how's that going to happen again? But anyway, in that plague, God came through Goshen. Why? Israel was in Goshen. Egypt wasn't there. Because once death was loosed, everybody was fair game at that point. But God said, put the blood on the doorpost so that the angel of death will pass by and go right to Egypt. It didn't have to go through Goshen, but it did. But it did. God's power has power over death. God has power over death. And he took it and said, this is how you are going to be an overcomer over death. And it's by the blood. Put this blood over the door so that the angel of death knows that you and your house belong to me. The blood of Jesus separates you and says, this one belongs to me. It will keep you safe from the power of death. God's power was demonstrated at Exodus 14 at the parting of the Red Sea. He tells Moses, stretch forth the rod. And the sea parted. And they walked through on dry ground. They didn't walk through on mud. There was no water at their ankle or their knees or their thighs or wherever you start to get anxious. There was no water, period. There was a path created in the sea. God's power demonstrated. You can find so many of these things of God's power being demonstrated to help you make the call anytime you need it. You know, I went back and I looked at Gideon. You know, and Gideon went from, I think it was 20,000 men down to 300. Because God said, that's too many. That's too many. He said, he said yeah, because you're going to boast. So I'm going to demonstrate my power and overthrow the Midianites with 300 men. Watch me work. That's what I like about God. God goes, watch me work. Amen? But we have to understand that that same power is resident in you and I. It's resident in you and I. I mean, on a daily basis. Because it says in the word that he gives it to his people. Psalm 68, 35, we read that. Ephesians 3, 20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. 
according to the power that works in us. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's that same power that can have an effect on anything that comes against you and that you're coming up against. Amen? It's a great power. It's a great power. It opened the sea. Amen? He, it made a whale for Jonah to sit in for three days. Glory to God. I mean, this power can do anything. You make the call. Are you powerful or powerless? Second Timothy 2, 1, 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a strong mind. He has given us a spirit of power. And it's that same power. It's God's power. It's not weak power. It's not wimpy power. It's not power that can only do one thing or two things. It's a power that can do all things. Ultimately, it was a power that could raise somebody from the dead. Jesus demonstrated that power when he raised Lazarus from the dead. He demonstrated the power of God when he laid hands on the sick and they recovered. Amen. 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 Matthew 9, 8 says, I have to go there. Because <laughs> this is what I added at 3.30. This is what I added at 3.30. Now when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God who had given such power to men, to men, add women, add children, add teenagers who are a certain breed. But it says God, who had given such power to men, he gave it to his people. It was his to do with what he wanted to do. And he could have given it, to anybody, because like, you know, we all know the story about he used a donkey. But he decided that I would give it to man. You know, it says, who art man, O Lord, that thou art mindful of him? Who art man? Dust of the earth. Glory to God. Dirt. Who art man that thou art mindful of him? God is so mindful of you that he has given you his power. He trusts you with his power and his authority. Amen? Amen. I looked this up. It says, if you go back to my third definition, it says one that has control or authority. Concerning authority to exercise the full power of attorney in all God's interests. He has given you the power of attorney over all his interests here on the earth. That's what Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection bought, as well as your salvation. That's what it bought. That's what it got you, is that you are to operate on this earth as if God was still here. That's what the power is for. So that you operate as if God is still here. That when they see you operating, they go, oh, Lord, that's God over there. What power? By what authority? They ask Jesus, by what authority do you do this? And at first, you know, Jesus was like, okay, you tell me by what authority you do what you do. You know, because, you know, he wasn't about wasting time. He had a mission. 
You know, but by when we say by what authority do we do this? By the power of the almighty God. You know, when people get married, um, it says by the power invested in me by the state of Pennsylvania, New Jersey, wherever you're going to get married. Amen. That's what we need to tell people. By what authority do you do this? By the power invested in me. By the Lord Jesus Christ, amen? By God the Father, by the Holy Spirit. Glory, hallelujah. We're powerful beings, and we need to remember that and act accordingly, amen? Amen. Amen. When does God give us his power? When does he do it? You know, because, you know, some people, you know, they just be like, well, when did this whole thing happen? Acts 1.8. Acts 1.8 tells us when we receive power. It says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It, but it says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and the Holy Spirit comes upon us, then power comes in us. You got power when you accepted Christ. So for you to say, I have no power, I am unable to do that, Lord. I am unable to take that thing on. You might want to check that. You might want to rethink that. Lord, I can't do that. It is not within my power to do. You might want to check that. Are you born again? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? That he died and rose? He's seated at the right hand of God the Father. If you believe all of that, then you've got to believe that power came upon you when you received the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. So that's when we get power. Why does God give us power? Is it just because he likes us so well? You know, because, you know, we his favorite and he loves us the best. You know, we are his children, no doubt about it. But why does he give his power to us? He has a plan. He has a plan. If we go back to Romans 9, 17, and it says, For the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very purpose I have raised you up, that I may show my power in you, and that my name may be declared in all the earth. He gives us power so that his name is declared in all the earth. So when they say, how did you, why do I feel better When you laid your hand upon me, Ethel, then I say it's in order so that my Lord's name shall be declared in all the earth. Amen? When you young people pass tests or do things that you just aren't quite sure how that thing came about, amen? It's so that the Lord's name shall be declared in all the earth. Amen? Amen. When all of a sudden, you know, you're driving along, if you were like me this morning, and you weren't quite paying attention because you were half asleep, 
you know, uh, <laughs> on the way here and things happen. And all of a sudden, you know, you're you're awakened from that little nap you were taking and you hadn't hit a tree or a barrier or a brigade. Why is that? <laughs> so that the Lord's name can be declared in all the earth as my protector. Amen. Amen. That's why he gives us power is so that his name can be declared. In Mark 3.15, it tells us he gives us power so that we can heal the sick and cast out demons. It says and to have power to heal the sick and cast out demons. That's why we have power. And once you do all that, you declare his name in all the earth. Because people are going to ask you, how did you do that? How did you do that? And it's the power vested in me. It's vested in you for a reason. It's not vested in you just so you can sit back and go, wow. And you have to make a demand on it. Because if you don't make a demand on it, guess what? It's just going to be there. It's going to be there. Because God said that when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you're going to receive power. So if the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you've received power. So it's in there. It's in there. You can let it sit if you want to. You know, but you know, sometimes when stuff sits, it rots. I don't know. I doubt that the power of God will rot. But I mean, you know, it it may get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller, you know. So we need to be exercising the power that's invested in each and every one as proof to bring them to the knowledge of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior so that they may be saved. That's what signs and wonders are for, is for those who don't believe. So then again, they can say to you, how did you do that? Why do you respond that way? When evil, all manner of evil comes against you, why then do you pray for them? Why then do you love them? Why then do you think the best of them? It is because the power of God resides on the inside of you. It's not easy. It's not easy being powerful for God. It's not easy because it's going to make a demand on that flesh of yours. When you want to act out and behave, as they say, unseemingly, the love, the power of the love of God will constrain you. It will wrap its arms around you and say, remember, 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 I love you. Remember, and that I want you to pass that on. The power of God resides on the inside of you so that you can, in fact, bring others into that same saving knowledge that you have. To get wealth. (laughs) To get wealth. Now, that's a nice one. The power of God to get wealth. All right. Everybody like money. Do you realize that money is just paper? It's almost like this paper. Money could have been any color. It could have been red. It could have been pink, which might have upset some of you guys who don't like pink. But because it has the power and authority of the United States, this paper is adored 
and desired by the entire world. All because of the power behind it. Well, God says, okay, that's the currency of this world. I want to give you power to get it. However, there's a plan. And that is to accomplish what God wants accomplished. You know, people get on Creflo Dollar when he talks about money. You know, they laugh. They say, well, his name is Dollar, and he just wants to talk about money because he comes in and he says, okay, let's take an offering. It's the same thing in any church. When the pastors start talking about money, everybody want to get all fidgety. But, you know, if you can convince, as Creflo Dollar said, if you can convince Pico to keep the lights on for free, go for it. You know, we want to be warm in the wintertime. You know, pastor can't keep some of you warm enough. You know, you're putting on your coat and pastor got the ushers running and turning up the thermostat. And in the the heating bill in this church alone with these concrete floors and everything else. Did somebody go and get Pico to give it for free? No. Money. It's money for the purpose of what God needs to be done. Amen? Because y'all ain't coming out here if it's cold. Come on. Come on. Be real. You know, I ain't going to that church. It's cold. Pastor got 50,000 heaters seem like going sometimes. And people still ain't warm enough. Amen? (laughs) So money is necessary. But God wants, he has given us the power to get wealth so that we can further his agenda, further his kingdom, to do his business, you know? So the money is needed. The money is needed so we can do outreach, amen? Amen. So that we can get accomplished what God has accomplished. So we can pay the electric bill so you can be warm. Pay the electric bill so you can be cool in the summertime, amen? Keep the lights on so you don't have to have a flashlight. Glory be to God. God gives us the power to get wealth so that we might further his kingdom. You know, we go to college, we go to school, we get these degrees, and we just go, I'm going out to make me some money so I can get my own apartment, I can get my own car, I can dress the way I want to dress, I can just do, I can buy all the stuff I want to buy, the new iPhone, whatever. And that's all well and good, and God wants you to have it. However... You need to be about the father's business first. He says that if you seek his kingdom and all its righteousness, all these other things will be added to you. So we need to be about the father's business. So if the father has given you the power to get wealth and each one of you have, you might not consider your paycheck wealth, but he has given you the power to get it. Guess what? It's for his kingdom Amen. Amen. You know, as I, like I said, I was meditating on power. And what happened was that work was getting me down. Work was really, really tough, you know? And I mean, just every, I'd wake up in the morning going, not again, not again. And I believe that my job is a gift from God. I know that my job is a gift from God. He gave it to me. So, you know, I was like, Lord, this gift you gave me, you know, like Adam said, this woman you gave me, 
You know, I said, this job you gave me, what is up? And you know, they can't take my job, but I could certainly give it back to them. And I considered that. I said, Lord, I think I might give it back to them. And then the Lord said, and what you going to do then? I said, Lord, you'll make a way. You know, see, and that's just foolish and presumptuous on God. You know that? That's crazy. Because God doesn't operate that way. So I began to say, okay, Lord, what am I doing wrong? And he said, you have lost your power. You have lost your sense of who you are. You feel powerless when you are, in fact, powerful. Remember the definition of powerful. It says the um, physical might, and it also says force of energy used to work. One that has control or authority, the ability to act or produce an effect. He said you are able to produce an effect. And you need to remember that. The same power that is in Jesus Christ, that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that same power that quickened life back into his mortal body is that same power that lives in you. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Every morning when you get up, you need to find something to say to yourself. What is going to quicken the power in me today? When you head for your job, because I'm telling you, these jobs are hard. These jobs are hard some days. I don't know about anybody else. I used to have fun when I went to FedEx. I did. I went to FedEx when I first joined in 1985. I had fun five days out of five. I couldn't have no more fun. Man, I went to work. I was like, what kind of fun are we going to have today? If I told people to stand on their head, they would stand on their head. It was great. Now, oh, my goodness, I got so many people. Oh, but the Lord said, you think you're powerless and you need to know who you are. It says that God gives his people power he gives us power and if god said it then we need to believe it and we need to act like we believe it we need to go into these jobs and say today i will produce an effect it may not be the effect you expect it just may be the fact that somebody sees you just doing your job to the glory of god and says you know what i want to do my job like phyllis does i want to teach like elizabeth does i want to do what vanessa does that's an effect you know it may not change anything you may still get a call from your boss that goes you know and you go well i had an effect <clears throat> It got him to call me. <laughs> I don't know. But we need to understand that we are powerful beings. That same power that Jesus demonstrated on the earth. We have the ability. We have the authority. We have the right. We have it here now. And we need to operate as such. So again, I ask you, so based on this information that I have just given you, 
based on everything that you've heard, everything that you've meditated on. Because as I told you, I'm sure some of you thought of other examples in the word of God where God's power was demonstrated. Are you powerful or powerless? What call are you going to make? What call? I know what call you made today. You're here. You're here. What call will you make tomorrow? What call will you make on Tuesday? What call will you make when you walk into your office or your place of business? And instead of saying good morning, the first thing they tell you is all that went wrong and how you played a part in it. (laughs) Sometimes they can't even say good morning to you before they say, I need you to do this, 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 and this. And you go, I haven't even had coffee yet. I haven't even had a breath yet. What will the call be? Am I powerful? Or Lord God, I'm powerless. I'm hanging my head. I'm just going to drag through this day till 5 o'clock, 3.30, 4 o'clock, and then I'm out. Then I'm out. No, no. They're going to come at you and you're going to go, Yay, power to the people, (laughs) to the people of God. Amen. That's why, you know, it says stir up the gifts that are within you. Sometimes you've got to stir it up. You've got to stir it up on your own and remember and remember. That's why we have this book. That's why we have the spirit of God. It allows us to remember, remember. Go back and look. And like I said, as I began to just meditate on power, I said, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. As that song said, I have made you too small in my eyes. We make God small when we say, Lord, we're powerless. There's nothing we can do. We make him small. We serve a big God, a great God. Like I said, a God that would ra- that raised Christ from the dead. I'm telling you, get that picture in your mind. He's dead. He is dead. And all of a sudden, on that morning, God said, come out. And you know what? God didn't have to expend a whole lot of energy to do that. Like I said, Satan was fighting tooth and nail. God was like, mm. and God probably went, mm, I'm just going to watch this, this one do this. While just, and j- just Jesus stood up and came out. Glory be to God. Remember, you are powerful. God gave it to you. It is his to give and he has given it to you. He has a reason and a plan for the power that he's given to each and every one of us. Amen. 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 Father God, we thank you. We thank you this morning. First, Father God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for everything that you bring to us because it is for our good, Father, that we may acknowledge that you are always mindful of us, that you always have care for us. Father God, if we have given over our power, we ask for forgiveness. We ask forgiveness of giving over our power. And Father God, right now, 
at this very hour in this service today as a congregation, we take back the power that you have given us. Jesus Christ took back from Satan what Adam have given, has given. And Father God, we do the same thing as Jesus Christ and we take it back. And Father God, we thank you that your Holy Spirit will quicken to our remembrance when we're giving up our power of who we are, that we are children of the Most High God. We are servants of he who raised Christ from the dead. We are servants that is greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We thank you that we are children called to do your work and you've equipped us you've equipped us you said I won't leave you comfortless you have been left us powerless either father God but you have given us your ability you have given us all things we need according to life and godliness in the name of the father son and the holy ghost amen amen, amen.